Hi, I'm Allison Howell. You're listening to The Trunk Show, where I talk with founders of leading event rental companies about their rental adventures. The show is brought to you by RW Elephant, the mighty inventory management software for your event rental business. In this episode, I talk to the founder of Magpie Rentals outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Maggie Farrell from Magpie Rentals. One of our specialties, we design a lot of our furniture and then make it. And then anything special that comes along that people need to be made, we try to make that happen. Maggie and I dive into topics like working with your spouse, setting work-life boundaries while running a business from your home, and navigating a major health crisis when you're the boss. All of that and more is coming up on The Trunk Show. So I always love hearing how people got started on their rental adventures. But with you, I think things start pretty early. So I wondered if you could tell us about your parents first and their rental adventure. Oh, sure. So my parents own a tent rental company and they started in 1983. So it's okay. been a it's been a long time. You know, I grew up going on the road with my dad, answering the phones with my mom, and definitely was not a plan for me to get into the rental industry as well. Sure. But when I met Jason, he introduced me to the love of flea markets and things like that. And that's sort of when the industry was a little bit more vintage rental. Sure. Directed. It's a little bit different now for us, but we collected a bunch of furniture in, I would say it was like 2011 Mm -hmm. and sort of on a whim, we just kept slowly putting it out there, seeing what happened. (laughs) Um, We did dabble in decorating tent weddings for a little bit with, in conjunction with my parents before we really got started with the rentals. We didn't love it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's kind of one of those moments that we talk about it and then we're sort of like, let's stop talking about this because we're having PTSD from those (laughs) memories. But, you know, it's it's all good stuff. It's kind of like I'm glad we have those moments to look back on. So growing up, were there things you observed about your parents or their business that were admirable or appealing? With going on the road with my dad, I did really love to always be at the warehouse with my parents, but I loved the team that he had. And that was always super appealing to me to have this group of people that worked so well together and admired you so much, but they were just such a team. It was never like you work for me. It was like we work together and Mm. I just loved the environment. Okay. Well, great. Um, So at the point when you were starting or when you finally decided that you were going to do this rental thing and not just sort of collaboratively decorating tents, what was the vision? What did you see happening? God, I feel definitely way different now than I did. Um, That vision has changed in the sense of like what the inventory looked like, what the evolution looked like. And, you know, there's a ton of companies out there that have huge crews and I admire them so much. It's just not really what we want anymore. We sort of want to say stay small because we also just bought a farm. So we have like a vision for our property as well. (laughs) (laughs) So we're sort of doing that. And we never anticipated making furniture that sort of happened by accident as well. So that has sort of taken like another route for us. What do you mean that happened by accident? How did that accident happen? (laughs) Um, Somebody placed an order for 
14 or 12 dining tables and we did not have any. So, and they actually sent us a deposit. I don't even know how that happened or how they even got a price <laughs> to set us a deposit. But, you know, at that it's time. It's all foggy now. I know, it really is. When you get money in your hand, you don't want to give it back. So sure. I said to Jason, we have to figure out how to make these tables. And he was actually helping a friend build his log cabin at the time. You know, normal <laughs> things that you do. So at that time, he asked him to teach. So he sort of helped us design what we now call the Chesterfield dining table. And it's, you know, still our top dining table to this day. So, and I think at, at this point, we've built hundreds of them. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So at that point, you didn't anticipate that that would be something you would sell in addition to renting. You just imagined, oh, we'll rent these, fill the order, and then kind of see where it goes. Yeah. And now what we do a lot, which is really neat, is people, and it's not even something that we've even heavily marketed, but people will rent them for their head table or their yeah. sweetheart table, and they'll request to buy that exact table, and we'll sell it to them because we could just build another one. So that's yeah. been kind of cool where they take it home, and we'll make a little plaque for them and put it on the Aww. table so they have it. Yeah, so that's been really, it's been really cool. What a special experience that you get to be involved in creating the environment for the event and for this special celebration that then becomes incorporated in the environment of their lives. It's it's really, and a lot of times they don't even have their house yet. And they're like, we just want right. to buy it. Will you store it for us until we're ready? And we're like, yeah, sure. Wow. So we just wow. hang on to it. And yeah. Wow. Um, so storage isn't something you're short on then? We're not, um, which is surprising because we when we moved out of Philadelphia, we had 20,000 square feet. And now that we're on the farm, I don't even know how much we have total, but we have so many outbuildings moving to the farm. We didn't really think that was going to happen for another at least 10 years and an opportunity presented itself and we found the place and we were like, let's just do it now. And we yeah. honestly have not been happier. So this was like the best move yet. Thank God. Oh, good. Because I hope never to move again. Do you remember what the first piece was that you ever rented? First piece ever that we purchased was a trunk mm -hmm. from a estate sale. We still have it. Uh, we don't really use it that often, but it's one of those things where we're like, ah, oh, we don't want to get rid of that. Sure, um, sure. And then a sofa that we have that has been re-upholstered probably at least three to four times at this point. Oh, I think fun. We bought it from a vintage store and which, you know, I'm sure that was one of the first, that or these little tables that we used to rent out for like sweetheart tables was, it was either that or that, that was like our first mm -hmm. piece that we rented out. Fun. Um, what drives your collection now? How do you um, decide sort of what to buy or what to make next? What to buy is definitely, I, you know, it's, there's so many different trends out there and I try, I try not to directly follow the trends where, you know, the turnover is going to have to be so fast, sure. but I, you know, I try to pay attention to it and definitely trying to pay attention to certain colors, but being smart about what colors we're bringing in and how often are we going to have to change this. But, um, a lot of it is turned into personal style. 
Sure. Um, between Jason and I, I would say that I'm spearheading the buying a lot more than Jason is, but <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, which is nice because I that was always a goal for me that I think we used to buy because we knew what people were going to rent. But now right. over time, we're able to sort of set it ourselves. And it's sort mm-hmm. of like, oh, well, Magpie has that. So that's what we should get because they have that. So yeah. that was always a goal where it's like, well, I want to buy what I like. Because sure. I want to be proud of my collection. And, and you want to lead and you want to curate. And right. yeah. it sounds like you're your audience has really responded to that. Um, Yeah. And then the building, I mean, he sort of does most of the, the build designs and, you know, we definitely collaborate on it. And I try to give him my two cents because I definitely talk to the customer a lot more than he does. So sometimes I'll have an opinion on a certain design, but for the most part, he just sort of collects his own, sources of inspiration and takes it from there and builds what he feels like building really just, just on a feeling and what inspires them. So I guess we're both sort of the same in the sense, but, and you know, not everything always goes over. It's just, we built, we built a dining table three or four years ago and nobody really was interested. And last year, all of a sudden everybody wanted them and it was after we sold off most of them. So now we're rebuilding them again. So, Maggie, I have another set of questions that are going to get fairly personal. And I just want you to know if you don't want to share about anything, feel free to just tell me that. Sure. Okay. (laughs) So it seems like you've had a lot of change from when you initially started Magpie to now, and there've been a lot of unexpected curves in the road. When did you find out that you were sick? I found out, um, which is, I'm totally fine to talk about this, by the way. June, June, 2013, I found out. I was in the shower shaving my underarms, (laughs) (laughs) which is incidentally how I found a lump under my arm. Um, We lived in the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton area at this time, which is two hours north from Philadelphia, when we started our business, that's where we lived. And mm-hmm. we were up early to do a delivery to Philadelphia and I found a lump and I showed it to Jason. I asked him if he thought it was, it looked weird. Um, and of course I went to my mom because who else do you go to during yeah. that situation? And I went over to her house and I showed her and we just immediately went to the doctors at that point. But mm-hmm. also that at the same day, point, that same day. Yeah. But our house was for sale at this point. We had already signed the lease on our Philadelphia warehouse. It was just, there was so much going on. You know, there's never yeah. a good time for it, but it was not not good timing. But yeah, that's. So you found out you were sick and, the, and then what happened? So that was, I think it was June 14th. I found the lump. Um, I think it was the end of June that I was officially diagnosed. Um, it started off at stage three. I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. And then I think it was like right when I started treatment or maybe if after a few other tests were done, I moved to stage four. Okay. And the day after my 26th birthday, I had my first day of chemotherapy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what was going on in the business at that time? You'd moved to Philly. Was it growing? We were the busiest we've ever been. We were growing. Um, 
I mean, the fact that we were able to afford that warehouse and afford all the things that we were doing, like it was a, it was a great year. And I think that's what kept me occupied during that time. So I didn't, nobody really talked about me being sick. Like it wasn't really a thing because I didn't physically get sick either. I lost my hair. That was like about the extent of it. But other than that, I wasn't sick. So you weren't tired. No, I was tired like the day of and the day after, but I, like after that, I was fine. The day of and the day after chemo. Yeah. Got it. Um, But I was just so excited. I couldn't wait to get back to Philadelphia. And, you know, we had this warehouse, we were hosting workshops and photo shoots there. And I was finally able to be with all of our Philadelphia vendors that we've met over the last four years. And I was just busy. I mean, of course I did, I did make the decision to put it out there and let people know what was going on, not for attention, but it was more because I was unsure of what the effects were going to be. Um, So, you know, if I wasn't responding to something fast enough or, you know, I just sort of wanted to make sure I was protected in a sense. Yeah. Um, but it, it really never became a problem, but it's, it's just interesting because I feel like I'm dealing with it a lot now. Um, so that's why it's sort of an interesting conversation for me, because last year when we moved here to the farm, um, you know, I'm in this place where this is like my dream place. This is where I, we always wanted to end up and we got it and we're here but I was definitely the most lost I've ever been last Mm. year. And I started to really allow myself to just take time and think about what was going on. Um, Just trying to dig a little deeper. And I think I started to feel, I don't know. I just started to get these feelings of like, when I was sick, I wish I gave myself more attention and I paid more attention to like my body and my mind and, Mm but I was so focused on the business. Not that it was a bad thing, but I was just so focused on the business and nothing else. And I feel like I completely lost myself. Last year was a hard year for me. So is I sort of looked at it as like, oh, here's all that emotion from that time. Right. Well, here it is. Catching up. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, we can't run from it. It, it sort of, it finds us, oh, right? It certainly does but I feel better now. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I'm interested about another experience that you've had that I imagine has changed you. Also sort of an emotional um, transition. Uh, a lot of people in this industry, I think start, not because they grew up under a tent, but because they plan their own wedding and really get excited about the planning process and or collecting stuff mm-hmm. and then think, oh, I should jump into this business. But that's not really part of your story. Your story is that you were doing this business in the wedding industry and then got married. And then got so, married. We, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to know about your experience planning a wedding, oh having a wedding getting married <laughs> while in the wedding industry. Uh, I don't know if people will absolutely love my response, but um, <laughs> Jason... It's your response. And so that's, that's what it is. <laughs> um, God, we got engaged so long. We were engaged for like six years before we actually got married. So it was for a long time. And we did at the time 
think that we were going to use. We never like planned the wedding, but in our minds, we were like, oh yeah, we'll use all of our chairs. And once we get enough, I don't know why we thought we were going to have this massive wedding, but once we got enough chairs, we'll have our wedding. And then years kept going. That's what you were waiting for to set the date? Was I think acquiring so. enough what chairs? said, but <laughs> I don't know what happened after that. Oh, maybe you moved to Philadelphia and you got <laughs> sick and you had this business that was growing and, and, and. Yeah. So after, God, is it terrible that I don't even, I think we got married. We got married in 2016. I don't even really remember. This is terrible. You got <laughs> married in 2016. Yes. <laughs> um, we, it was, you know, after. I wasn't sick anymore after yeah. we didn't want to sell our business anymore. Yeah. We moved out of the warehouse and we were like, all right, it's time. Like, let's do something for ourselves. Yeah. And it took us a long time to figure it out, but we decided to not have a traditional wedding. And we went to uh, Moosehead Lake, Maine. Mm-hmm. That was where we had our very first vacation together. And we got married on the 4th of July. That's when we got engaged and we're slow during that season. So we're like, oh, it's perfect time to go. But it was just me, Jason, the dogs, and then our really good friends, Mark and Natalie, who filmed it and officiated it and cooked the food and made our cake. And so we decided, we were sort of joking and saying, you know, what have we learned from this industry? Let's not have a wedding. <laughs> well, you know, there's something to be said about um, not getting married where you work, you know? Right. So, but my goal uh, was to not take a single thing from Magpie. Mm. I like didn't want anything to do with moving furniture or like transporting. Yeah. I brought like plates to eat off of and right. some lanterns, but other than that, I didn't take anything. Right. Well, it seems like that's what you needed to do to make your day feel set apart and to make that celebration feel like it was uniquely yours and not some iteration of another event that you've put together for one of your other clients. Totally. Do you feel like having had that experience impacted your business at all? Or did you come back as a married couple (laughs) different in any Um, way? I think we both at that time just felt probably more relaxed. Like we got, we went away for 10 days. We got away. Um, we then continued to take even more time after we got home. Cause we were like, this is great. Let's just not go back for a little bit. Um, I think we were just both able to get refocused again and it definitely helped. So then it also made us realize like we need to take more time for ourselves during the year. Yeah. So do you continue to carve out that time now? We do. We don't necessarily travel right now at this point. It's sort of like, well, we're at the farm and this is where we're going to be for a little bit. But I carve out certain weekends we choose, you know, before the season starts, we sort of talk about like, okay, what, what do we want off and we'll take it. And even if we did staycations, we have so much extra space. So we like to host a lot. We we've been doing a lot of hosting here and, I love hosting people. So it's been, that's like my vacation. And it's interesting how you eventually learn that where you're like, oh, if I actually step away 
and learn more about myself or grow within myself or just learn something, how Mm. much more beneficial that is to your business than sitting here grinding away seven days a week, 10 hours a day. Like that's not, it's some people can do it, but it's not for me. Right. So it, I mean, that was like huge for me to learn within the last two years was like, like yesterday, now that I've hired help yesterday, I sort of had like a, almost like a day off. And I did all these things for myself yesterday, met with certain people and I had the most productive day. I didn't feel like I needed to run back to emails and, you know. It sounds like you are running your business rather than your business is running you. That is correct. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you look out at your property, <laughs> uh, what do you see as the future of Magpie? There's a few options. We're sort of seeing where it takes us. Um, one is we do tell everybody this will not be a wedding menu. First and foremost is not what we are doing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so apparently people are asking, huh? Uh, A lot of people assumed, um, we definitely, when we first moved and we would see people, they would say, Oh, Hey, I heard you bought a wedding venue. And we'd be like, no, we did not. (laughs) (laughs) No, we bought a farm where we're going to live and have no weddings ever, (laughs) ever. So my hopes for it is I want this to be a place where people want to come, maybe like, you know, wellness-based. I feel like I'm developing it as I'm sort of going through my own little journey and sort of being like, okay, what do I need or what do I want? Okay, let's add that and let's see if we um, present this to people, will they come? You know, so it's sort of, it's going to be like a trial and error year this year of putting some classes out there, putting some, you know, there's hiking around us. There's people who want to do yoga on the property with us, you know, things like that. And I know a lot of people are doing it, but there's not really anything like this around here yet. So. Well, it sounds idyllic. Yeah. And, Um, you know, I, I like to be, you know, I like my alone time, but I really do like hosting people and seeing people enjoy themselves and being inspired. Like I love that so much. Seems like practicing hospitality is something that's a key part of you personally and something you've infused in your business all along, but now can kind of do in a, a different form as well. Yeah. I mean, I love, I do love the rentals. I love when people see our stuff at their event and they get so excited, but you know, the way that our business runs, we're not really there during the event. Sure. I don't know if I necessarily want to be most of the sure. time. Right. This is sort of my way of, I know I enjoy that. Like I enjoy seeing people be excited and inspired. So it's sort of like, how do I take that and bring it here? I hope you enjoyed hearing from Maggie about her adventures with Magpie Rentals outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Check out the show notes to find her website and Instagram handles. While you're digging into the show notes, look out for the link to join the RW Elephant mailing list. That's where you can find more industry resources and happenings. Keep listening for my lightning round of questions with Maggie. These are really important things that we need to know about Magpie Rentals. Okay. Okay, ready? Favorite piece in your collection? The Christina chairs. Okay. Ramp or lift gate? Ramp. 
Sole proprietorship, LLC, S-Corp, Offshore Dummy Corporation. S-Corp. Is there a podcast you love? I love Second Life podcast. That's my number Um, one. Who inspires you? Honestly, this might sound a little cheesy, but I'm going to pick Jason. Wow. That's really neat. Um, (laughs) Dream buying trip destination. Morocco, probably. Mm. Is your personal style different than your rental collection? A little bit, but we're working on that. Got it. Three (laughs) things outside of work you love to do. I love swimming. It's like my newfound hobby. I still love going to flea markets at vintage stores and going out to dinner. Mm. My number one. (laughs) (laughs) Business tools you couldn't live without. RW Elephant. I'm not just saying that. I'm not saying that. (laughs) Uh, And what's the next big trend you see in rentals? For us in good old Pennsylvania, it's definitely um, like the mobile bars have been a huge thing here. As we finish up here, what do you enjoy most about your rental adventure? Of course, I enjoy being able to add lots of furniture to my life. I just really love furniture. (laughs) That's the number one. Uh, Number two is I truly do love the connections that I make with our vendors and our clients. Thanks for listening to The Trunk Show, brought to you, as always, by RW Elephant. If there are guests or topics you'd like to hear about on the show, give us a shout. I'm your host, Allison Howell. Happy renting!